Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. seven and a half minutes of the fucking video no i'm not gonna watch it i'll watch it tonight i'm gonna do my wife keeps telling me i i've never dedicated a song to her and i think i'm, I'm gonna choose that one because you know me, it has to be funny in some way. Right. There has to be somebody somewhere that's going to laugh when they hear it. And I think that's the perfect choice. Girls don't get pregnant in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last song I told her I dedicated her was um, Everybody Wants a Dinosaur for the Super Mario <laughs> I downloaded it. The kids are watching it. And, and and they're they were kind of dancing and it's all doom doom jaga laga laga boom and fucking my my wife was attacked. I dedicate this song to you baby with all my love and her wife she's like this doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't have to make any sense. It comes from the heart. Just step on my heart. <laughs> she asked me she asked me like a week and a half ago. She always asks this because she's morbid. But she goes, she goes, what would happen if I died? What would be the first thing that happens to you when you hear that I died? And I said, the theme titled. My, okay, Cupid file. Yeah. <laughs> right. I said, I'll go see if there's any hot singles in my area. No, I said, I said, um. You know, I've proven that site that shit's bullshit because I've seen that fucking pop-up ad in California and in Chandler, Arizona, and the same chick came up. Um, no, I, I said, uh, "Fuck, what was I talking about?" What would you? What would? You... Oh, I said, um, <laughs> I took. I have a hat on. I took my hat off. I said, the, immediately from somewhere in the distance. Aries theme from window from uh, Windows Seven from Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven would play, and then I started going, do do do, 
And she's like, stop joking around. I'm like, you know what? I don't think I am joking around now that I said it. That's really sad. <laughs> After that, then I would find Jenna Louise Coleman and <sighs> just have her comfort me. <laughs> oh, she, she'd comfort something. <laughs> Keep it warm at night. You understand what I'm talking about? But she won't do that. that. <laughs> no, no. I'm singing into my vapor. I can do it. Oh, no. You'll sound more like Meatloaf if you slightly cover your mouth with your hand. Watch. Oh, do it. Oh, See? Because he's a fucking man. Oh, my God. His body didn't really look like that, though, right? They put some makeup on. He doesn't, he doesn't really look like bitch tits. <laughs> Except for the bitch tits, the rest of him is is, okay. is about accurate. <laughs> I'm sure he's he's slightly overweight now because he's a fucking pimp. Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about his fucking. He wasn't exactly <laughs> um, doing P90X back in the '80s. So <laughs> that was what was badass about fucking rock and roll in the '80s, man. You could be the sloppiest fuck up, right. and you women would fucking throw their wet fucking panties at your face. <laughs> Now you have to be a pretty boy. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine Meatloaf doing P90X? <laughs> <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> I'm going to have a fucking heart attack. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks Podcast. <laughs> I'm Stephen Vargas. <laughs> I'm Meatloaf. <laughs> We don't own the copyright to this song. No. But it's okay. I'm Adam Riley. Just in case you really wanted to know. I'm not Meatloaf. Surprise. Uh, Welcome back, by the way. As I sip a a fine vintage of Mountain Dew. (laughs) What year is it? I hope it's this year. <laughs> Mountain Dew shelf life is like, I think, five years. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I got my internet back. So I wish I had some grand, like Grando's tale of, you know, the power went out or, or there was a mass outage or a zombie apocalypse or something cool. But I just didn't pay my bill. So, <laughs> And they wanted payment. What the fuck? Yeah, it's really fucked up, right? I had the internet. Both, everybody's happy. I wasn't bothering nobody. Internet turns off. I call him up. Hey, what the fuck? I'm like, well, you didn't pay your bill. I'm like, I got to pay that? <laughs> it's like, why are you offering it to me if I have to pay for it? Fuck. <laughs> it was like I told, I told Steve, I said, you know, the struggle's real, but sometimes it gets out in front of you and you need to catch up. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, so, so, yeah, I, I fell a little bit behind on uh, that bill. And um, I'm still behind on that bill. But I've paid enough for them to be like, eh, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was a I mean. You know, Heather did a great job last week, and that was that was a weird dynamic. Like, I told Adam it was a little weird, and he's like, "How so?" Like, and I was like, "It was just it was weird because this has always been our show. Even when you were off, remember, like you 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 weren't on. We weren't doing the podcast for like about a month or two, um, uh, like a year or two ago. I didn't even do the main podcast. I actually did another show because for me it just felt weird to do." this show with somebody other than adam so this time doing it doing it by himself (laughs) practically jerking off so it's auditory masturbation Uh, um, it's like when your wife's out of town or something (laughs) 
You could like I could watch porn in the living room. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, so you know, brought in Heather and and we had a good time and it was still it was still a fun podcast, but yeah, it just it felt weird. Like just like God, this is the first time I'm doing this without Adam, so it was a little weird. So then he's like, Oh yeah, I got <laughs> he's like he goes, Oh yeah, he's like, uh so I'm back on the internet now. And I was like, oh, how's the library? Because that's where he was doing some of his his posts and schoolwork and stuff like that. He was like, no, I'm back in the office. I was like, oh, shit. Got it back. This shit real. <laughs> this shit just got real. <laughs> Dude, the library. You know what? It's. I learned something, though. I learned that. So my internet went out. Now, I obviously can't do the podcast. But I'm like, I don't really want to fall behind on my, on my articles. And I have, I'm in college. So I don't want to, you know, right. fall behind on that because, you know, not to no offense, everyone. Little more important. Yeah, costs me a lot of money. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> That's maybe why it's a little more important. Exactly. So um, I was like, okay. And I think the first two days I went to Barnes and Noble, I went to the bookstore, and that was okay. But there's nowhere to plug in your laptop, and you're at a Starbucks. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. You know, I go and I'm, I, I, this happens every time I fucking go to a Starbucks and order something. I, they go, oh, how can I help you? And I'm like, uh, let me get a coffee. And it's funny. I know this and I know Steve knows this, but I don't say coffee like everybody else. Right. Like how do, how do you say co- coffee? Coffee. Yeah. I say coffee. Like I kind of, the O's in the back of my throat, <laughs> but it's not like you can't tell. It's not like I'm saying tea. Like, you know I'm saying coffee. But every fucking time, and it's always Starbucks. I go to Dunkin' Donuts, anywhere else. That, well, Dunkin' Donuts from Boston anyway. But um, I go to Starbucks and like, what? And I'm like, fucking piece of shit. You pimply-faced fucking loser. I swear to God, I'm going to reach over this counter and slap <laughs> you in the face. And I said, coffee. Coffee, motherfucker. So he goes, okay, what kind of coffee? Mm. And I go... I just just coffee, this normal coffee, you know. Now that should tell him that I don't want fucking latte frappy, nothing Italian. I just want fucking <laughs> normal coffee, and put a little put leave room for fucking cream and sugar and fuck off. Well, normal's a relative term. Oh, I'm Jesus. like, no, you didn't. Just <laughs> use relative term with me. And I said, okay, well, relatively. I said something like that. That doesn't sound right. I said something. I said, I want coffee that everyone drank before everyone became a hipster. (laughs) And the funniest thing was, and I didn't realize this until now, look dead on like a hipster the entire fucking time (laughs) I'm talking to him. So he gives me like a smug look. I give him a fuck off look. I intently watched him make my coffee <laughs> yeah because <really>. you're <laughs> spitting that shit um so and it's i mean it's like a normal coffee and starbucks is normal coffee is actually pretty good mm. you, it comes in normal and bold and i get the bold bold is just tastes like normal normal tastes like they put water in it because everybody's a pussy you know what i mean everybody wants everything watered down so i i get the bold coffee but it's like a buck 90 for a big ass cup or excuse me a venti. <laughs> right, right, right. Which we all know means 20 from uh, role models. Right. Um, I get that. I put my cream and sugar in and I go sit down. Um, I'm like, okay, so the first thing I have to do is check my battery life because <laughs> I, I can't plug it in. But it's a fucking, you know, through and through. It's a fucking store, man. 
Right. You know, and, and there used to be a time when bookstores were quiet, but that time has <laughs> left us. There's fucking kids in there yelling and screaming. All of a sudden, I'm like, for one, I'm like, kids hang out at the bookstore? <laughs> and that's nice. Uh, but they're only on their cell phones and just right. bullshitting. Um, looking at mangas. Or mangas. And uh, so blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go to the library. Go to the library. The library's got a little coffee house, and they actually sell more tea. So I'm like, good, because I'm more of a tea drinker anyway. A little cup of Earl Grey sitting right, you know. Right, yeah. Earl Grey hot. Understand. <laughs> um, and they got tables. Every table's got fucking power strips, all that shit. Like, I'm like, this is fucking dope. So I sit there. The only problem is, is there's nowhere to sit where my back isn't two people. Mm. I don't like that shit. I don't like when there's things going on behind me. Yeah. It just it irks me out. I don't get out much. So, <laughs> so I did all my you work don't there. Say. Right. I did all my work there. I don't have normal headphones because they broke. So I got my big ass fucking gamer headset on, like a G. The fucking <laughs> mic hanging off the side. Look like you're ready to like launch a you know right. a Vanguard rocket. Playing, <laughs> playing fucking war games. Um, and I got everything done. Was it uncomfortable? Yes, it was uncomfortable. But you got to do what you got to do sometimes. But I this finally after all that bullshit, this is what I realized. The people that complain. Oh, I couldn't do anything because I don't have the internet. Fuck you. <laughs> the internet is literally everywhere. Yeah. There was one day that I turned in an assignment while we were at McDonald's in the drive-thru. <laughs> we're in the drive-thru, kind of a long line because it's McDonald's and fast food is a relative term. <laughs> um, we're standing in this line. I'm like, damn, I forgot to turn in that fucking assignment. I pop that shit open, log in, zip, zip, boom, bam, while I was in the drive-thru. That's fucking G. And then I heard um, New York by the end of 2015. This is clever. They're turning all of their their thousands of fucking pay phones. They're ripping them out. And they're – I'll have to find the article, send it to you. They're replacing them with these nine-and-a-half-foot-tall free Wi-Fi things. And it's going to be all gigabit connections. So the entire city of New York is getting free Wi-Fi. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Well, that's what that's the whole problem with the, that's well that's one of the major reasons about net neutrality. That's why the wireless providers don't like it. Because mm. free Wi-Fi. Yeah, well, someone's pay- the city, yeah. the taxpayers are paying for it. Right. You know what I mean? It, it, people just like to pretend like it's free. Yeah. Nothing's free. Yeah. Well, when yeah. we don't pay for it directly, when I'm not handing you know my check over to you know. Time Warner, Comcast, or whoever, right. you know, then it's free. <laughs> Check. Signs. Sign what? A bunch of zeros. Steve oh. Maximilian. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of zeros on it. <laughs> oh, man. Steve Moneybags McGee over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, that's my, that's my, uh, very happy to have the internet. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's, it, I'm not the type of person to like cry when the internet turns off or when the cable turns off. I don't freak out. <laughs> but every I have a routine and I'm and Steve knows I'm very habit. I do the same things over and over again. And um every morning I read the paper, quote unquote. I go and I go to like five different news sites and I scan the news. Mm. Like CNN and then more importantly, IGN joystick um the real news place yeah so i was like i was completely detached 
from everything. We were at the grocery store, and I picked up the New York Times because they sell it at grocery store. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, why? This happened yesterday. <laughs> you know, you, you don't notice how fucking important it is. Oh, yeah. The newspaper's stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, this week they had if you guys had been watching the website you guys will know that target was running a really really awesome deal this week that buy any three games or buy any two games uh any games any platform whatever you get uh a one one game free and obviously it's the cheaper of the games but one of the cool things that uh they ran it on was on a week that had a lot that came out yeah <laughs> Uh, so ended up getting, uh, uh, th- I ended up taking advantage of the deal. So got Assassin's Creed Rogue, uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare and Lego Batman three. Um, haven't played Rogue yet because I'm kind of been playing. I started Batman, uh, Lego Batman three, but, uh, I played around with that for a little bit and it's really, really fucking cool because here you have Lego Batman, but they use the Tim Burton Batman score. Yes. So it's all the da na na na. You know, you're just like, oh, that was cool. Um, and they did a couple little cool shots with like the Batwing going up against the moon. And there was one shot where Batman's taking down a couple of Joker's guys, and this is the early the title credit sequence, and he jumps up. And all of a sudden, he fl- his wings come out and stuff like that. It's against the moon, you know. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it, it's pretty cool. Uh, but I wanted to really kind of play that. And that, you have the opportunity. To, like, you're running. First scene you have is you and Robin. But you can have a second player uh, chime in as Robin. And both of you kind of, you know, uh, figure out the, you know, how try to get to level to level. But I decided that, you know, obviously the biggest game is it, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. So I wanted to check that out, and I've been playing that one. And if you guys have been listening to the podcast, and Adam knows too, I've been kind of Call of Duty'd out since I think uh, Black Ops. I was really disappointed with that game, and and everything since then. Um, basically, since they stopped Modern Warfare, I've kind of been disappointed. Yeah. Um, but uh, I actually was so far have been pretty impressed with this game, like. Uh, I mean, yeah, you have the graphics and you have the the great cutaway scenes, but even just the action itself, it doesn't really feel as sloppy. You do have to do a little bit of thinking because there's been a couple of scenes where I did this whole, you know, Leroy Jenkins and got my head (laughs) shot off a couple of times. And I'm like, ah, shit, okay. So I actually have to think this way? All right. You know, and, and strategic points where you actually lose ammo, you know, so you have to complete the scene without actually using ammo a couple of different type of grenades you know ones that are smart grenades that attach to anything metal other grenades that actually uh uh gives you infrared through walls and stuff like that so you can shoot through the wall and uh, a lot of cool stuff like that the kevin spacey character is pretty fucking sick it's kevin spacey what are you gonna do you know yeah um, but overall, the one thing I was a little bummed about, and I'm not really surprised to be honest with you, because it is Activision. The big, the big uh, scene that you saw at E3, where they show the gameplay and that and stuff like that, was actually the first scene of the game. Ah, um, see, yeah, that kind of that kind of bugged me a little bit. But the cool, because then you're sitting through the first scene like, <sighs> yeah, exactly. You're like, ugh. 
but the cool thing is is that you know uh you ramped up and the scenes that followed afterwards where you end up losing a limb and you get this bionic arm spoilers um and you get to do all these little cool stuff i i thought actually worked out pretty well the mission the couple of the missions that i've been on have been fucking insane uh so overall i mean right now it's it's been pretty fucking fun I've been having fun with it, and I told Adam about it, and Adam was like, "Oh, because he knows how I, you know how I feel about this." Oh, I feel the same fucking way, you know. So, but uh, all in all, I, I've I've been enjoying it. Um, looking to see Assassin's Creed Rogue, even though the advance review, all the reviews have been saying that it's kind of an extension of Assassin's Creed, you know, Black Flag, which actually I'm kind of okay with. Um, but it's gotten a little bit better reviews than um, Unity has, so. Um, and in case you don't know, Rogue is only available for the PlayStation 3. Unity is available only, or the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, while Unity is for uh, 4 and the Xbox One. So, but yeah, so I was actually, I, it was weird too, because like I, I didn't get it on Tuesday, like when those games came out. I ended up getting them on Friday. And of course, when you go to Target and anything's on sale, you know, there's never <laughs> anything around. But I was actually looking around, and I was like, going, oh, shit, they have all three of the games I want. And the cool thing was, if you guys have checked out my our Instagram account or, or Google Plus or Facebook, uh, you see that I posted a picture of the Lego Batwing they give you when you purchase the game. This motherfucker. So I was like, what? Because like he pulls out the box, the, the two for Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I, I go, okay, cool. And then he pulled, he goes, oh yeah, and here's the Batman one. And it was this big box. I'm like, fuck, I'm not buying a Windows 95 computer game. What the fuck is this big box for? <laughs> so, did, is this for the sake of Saturn? <laughs> <laughs> Pippin? Is this for the Pippin? <laughs> and uh, he hands it to me, and I was like, going, why is this fucker so big? And then I look, and it says, includes Batwing. I was like, oh! So, Jizz in yeah, my pants. pants. Exactly. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Girls don't get pregnant in the summertime. <laughs> Science. Science. <laughs> but yeah, so it was pretty cool. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, and the Lego Batman one, when I really get into it, it's like um, I'm going to probably end up getting some of the DLC content that's with that game. So that should be fun. But yeah, if you haven't played Call of Duty yet, um, play it. It's a lot of fun. I think it kind of takes, because of the fact that you got you know, it's uh, 2058 or something like that in the, is the, in is where the game is set. But a lot of it, graphics are really cool. The cutaway scenes are fucking amazing looking. Uh, om- legitimately almost film quality. No shit. Yeah. Um, and the gameplay, is, it's Call of Duty. I mean, you can't expect a whole lot from that. But it's a lot of fun. It's a great different dynamic. A lot better play than you know black ops was and i've heard a lot of people bash ghost i never played ghost i just heard so many bad things about ghost i never played ghost either yeah that i just that was the one with the dog wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, i already i knew that was gonna be as cool as they made it sound i knew that was gonna be a fucking problem yeah because the you're you're adding i'm not saying that people who play first person shoes are dumb by any means but that particular if you if you have a, a a fan group that plays solely first-person shooters it's in the name like first-person shoot now you're giving them a strategy element right like they're playing a fucking rts (laughs) and they have to get it it just sounds dumb like it just makes everything fucking too much yeah and the and first-person 
shooter players are dumb. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you all. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, I'm next. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I finished so reading. One week out and you're already all fucking all over the place. Yeah, I'm always all over the place. That's true. Um, I finished reading, since I didn't have the internet, caught up on some reading. I read physical books, ladies right, and right, because uh, my Kindle broke long ago. Um, I read Neil Gaiman's um, American Gods, which is like what, like ten years old now? Yeah, yeah, it's about ten years old. It's been a long time since I read a New York Times bestseller book. <laughs> so, um, really, really good fucking book, man. I loved it. Um, typical Neil Gaiman. I mean, it's kind of confused. You're confused most of the fucking time. <laughs> But you know that you're supposed to be confused. It's not like you're not getting it. You're just right. he's not telling you things. Um, and it's it's cool too because like it, it basically like just to sum it up, if you haven't read it, um, the whole notion is is that gods are created when people believe in them. So every god exists, basically, and they exist as just normal kind of people that walk around. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you know, they still have some powers and stuff, and their the their powers come from um, believers, like who believes in them. Right, right. So, so one of the main characters is Wednesday, who, if you're if you're clever, you'll already know is Odin. Hmm. Um, he is not very powerful because no one believes in him. And the cool thing is, there's different versions. So you have it's called American gods because they're all these gods that the people who migrated to America brought with them. So there's, they're the American versions of the gods. So you have like ancient Egyptians, you have, um, but all Americanized. Well, yeah. And, and they're not very powerful because, and they say throughout the whole book, this is a bad place for gods. And there's new gods. There's like a god of the internet and a god of cars and a god. It's it's it sounds kind of ridiculous, but it's so fucking well written and it's just such a good story. Like I I couldn't put it down. I think I read it four or five days. You know, on my off time. You know. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, I I I read probably about a chapter or two into it, but then I set it down and you know life life happens and stuff like that. So it was just basically him getting out of prison finding out what had happened yeah, yeah yeah, you know and then um him just on his journey back so i'm, I'm moving on to another neil gaming book that i've had oops that i've had um in my closet for a while i forgot about it this is a book he wrote with terry pratchett who's uh famous for the Discworld uh series very silly uh more of a comedy book but it's a uh, good omens and it's about um, – it's funny that I say this. This is a comedy book about Armageddon. <laughs> so it's – How can you not make that funny? I mean, yeah, like it starts off with the Antichrist and how they did it. And it's they, – they equate it to the three cups, three cups, one marble trick. <laughs> like it's so fucking funny. I've been reading that one. It's real good. We should start a Lazy Geeks book club. Oh, jeez. Start talking about books. No, um – I love reading, man. I think it's I think it's the best form of fucking entertainment. Oh yeah. Cuz you really like a book if it's a good book, it sticks with you. Yeah. And you, you visualize know. it yourself and it's exactly. just you you know you're creating your home kind of your like own as, deal, yeah. As much as I like the Lord of the Rings movie, they took something away from my childhood when I watched them. 
like because it completely restructures the way you had it in your head. Mm, yeah. Now it was relatively close because um, you know, super detailed fucking Lord of the Rings books, <laughs> but yeah, books are great. <laughs> I love them. Oh man. Well, uh, so I didn't talk about this last week because I really wanted to wait for Adam to actually talk to him. She about wasn't it. good enough to talk about Doctor <laughs> Who. Um, was the final episode of Doctor Who because we have the Doctor Who recap, which which this will mark the end until Christmas. <laughs> That's not too far away, though. It and is when you're a Doctor Who fan. Yeah, but I'm a I'm a big Doctor Who fan, but sometimes it's almost nice to have a break because yeah. it's such a it's such a fucking heavy <laughs> like I don't I don't mind the this break right. after the Christmas special and be upset. Yeah. Because that's the long one. That's the long one, yeah. No, I yeah, I, I get that too, because you're like you're you're in a position where it's like, okay, you've just dealt with twelve kind of wide ranging episodes or you list like heavy episodes and some light ones but this this last two uh was just really really heavy so this one is uh the final episode was death in heaven and uh now it was we already got introduced to missy as the master so now we're going into what the fuck uh her deal was which i thought was actually really really clever given the fact that you know, she isn't about she's about destroying the world, but creating an army. Spoilers if you haven't watched it. If you haven't watched it by now, you're not a true Doctor Who fan. Yeah. <laughs> you should have watched it a, a number of times by this point. Um, is that she you know, her overall objective was creating an army for the Doctor. You know, to you know, 'cause and it's true, if you if you've ever looked at the history of Doctor Who, it was always he's never done anything, you know, directly like he you know you've had people that have done it for him and like missy said you know there's always this people have done it for you so you've never had to you know he's always kept his hands clean and it really kind of struck home that whole point of what uh danny said about uh being an officer always giving orders but never having to do the dirty work himself and you know, and even coming to it, you know, there that point where he's uh, saying that, you know, kind of implying that he will kill the master. You knew he wouldn't. There's just no way he would. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I thought it was a really good episode. It was. Um, it didn't. It didn't end on a high note. Right. Um. On both on both sides of the camp for um, for Clara and the Doctor. I, I was uh, I was really interested in that. I liked. Um, I hate that they killed the girl with the glasses. I know. I liked her a lot, and I think she was wearing a bow tie. Bow ties are cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked. I was actually, and of course they'll probably bring him her back, but I was I was a little sad when they killed um, the master because or mistress rather the fuck. That characters call themselves now, um, because that character, the chick was fucking awesome. Like she was just made everyone look stupid as shit. Oh yeah, I just loved it. I liked that little bit where she said, um, she told the girl with the glasses to come here. I need to tell you a secret. Oh yeah, and she's like, in a few moments, I'm going to kill you. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and she just looks so enthralled, like, yay. I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? This chick is insane. Um, and, and, a, and a strange hotness. I, I said that to you. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just misplaced. I don't know. But just... <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I mean, yeah, I get it. I totally get that. Uh, but yeah, it was just kind of like this, huh? You know, it, it, she just she just played it so well, and and from what I've gathered, you know, and you know, from different areas that I've been reading, um, she has kind of let it slip that she will be back. So, yeah, well, I mean, you know, but meaning she will be back as the master. So we'll have to see how that whole thing works out. Um, the whole deal with the brigadier that was just like yeah that was sad like that was like you know it's like oh he saved her because that's true resurrected the dead and that was a cool little little thing where he's like going you know what does earth have more than the living the dead yeah and um this would have been a cool hollow like this would have been a cool halloween episode yeah like if they would have ended the ended the season right uh, on halloween halloween yeah but um i don't know man it was it it now that i think about it it was it was weird to me because it just it it was the show the episode just wasn't bad in any way like i didn't have a problem with it, it and, kept... and, and there are a lot of people that that did have problems but there's always people that are gonna have problems no matter what um but i'm a laid-back cat <laughs> if, if it's enjoyable it's enjoyable but like uh now you you and i were talking before the podcast where we were talking about about the 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 whole thing with um, Capaldi as the Doctor, and just that the emotion that he showed when he went to those coordinates to hoping to find Gallifrey, yeah, and then him just like smashing the key the console. You're just like, oh, and then and then I mean I already kind of knew it too when um, when uh, Clara heard Danny. And I knew he wasn't going to come back. I knew it was gonna, he was going to bring that kid, that kid back mm-hmm. simply due to the fact that, you know, he had accidentally took that kid's life. Well, I also, too, because a lot of people were talking, oh, you know, and they were, they were hinting towards it in the season that she was going to end up settling down with him and leaving. Right. But it, it thought to me, I'm like, no, that's what Amy did. Yeah. And that, that, that doesn't sound like Moffat to do the same bit. Yeah, to do the same know? bit over again. So it kind of leaves like, you know, now everybody was like, well, Clara was supposed to leave it. You know, everybody. And the thing is, is if you hear people go, well, she was supposed to leave. No, 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 no. They never said she was supposed to leave. It's what everybody else implied. Yeah. So, you know, we have no idea what Moffat's going to do. And, you know, we know she's going to be in the um, in the Christmas special. So that should I think I think they play they play the rumor mill for their own advantage they'll oh, yeah. hint things in a show and make it seem like something's going to happen and people run wild with it and then it the rumors become so big that it convinces so many people that it's right. going to happen yeah that this and is then what's going to happen right they completely flip it on you yeah so uh but uh yeah so now we just got to wait for the christmas sto- um christmas special which will be out obviously on christmas or for those of you that uh, don't celebrate christmas on a thursday um <laughs> is christmas on a thursday this yeah year? it's on a thursday this year um so that should be it i'm looking forward to that that whole ending bit where you hear him going you can't end it this way i was like what 
Nick Frost as Santa. They're like, yes, I'm in. It's <laughs> just seeing Nick Frost in that uh, in that Santa suit. You're just like, yeah. Nick Frost. Yeah. Nick Frost is a super pimp, dude. Uh, yeah, you're just like, yeah. He, I'm in on this one. I'm invested already. <laughs> I actually got I got in trouble. I was watching that episode at uh, three o'clock in the morning, about about the time I always watch Doctor Who. <laughs> and um, when Nick Frost came on, I said his name. I was like, Nick Frost. And my my wife came in there and was like, Could you possibly <laughs> not yell when everyone's asleep? And I was like, I don't care. I'm watching Doctor Who. How can Nick I Frost, bitch, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Run, spin it to the wheels, fall off of this motherfucker. <laughs> Just start saying a bunch of crazy shit. <laughs> but I won't do that. <laughs> but I won't do that. <laughs> you want me to be quiet while I'm watching Doctor Who? But I won't do that. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, we have this little segment that we call a Take My Money section. And uh, we haven't done it in the last few weeks because there really hasn't been anything that you know, you have to have. There's things people want, but there's not every. That's not something that everybody has to have. Uh, so, uh, I, this has been. This was announced earlier in the year, but I actually I saw it physically, and and I Adam I don't think he was aware that this. No, I, I was. Like this, I said, just got back on the internet. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, so everything before he got back on. There's it, a two week gap and everything. <laughs> um. It was uh, the Batman 75th Anniversary Commemorative Collection. Now, this is an awesome set because it has three classic trade paperbacks of Batman The Dark Knight Returns by, you know, obviously Frank Miller. Uh, Batman Hush by Jeff Loeb with art by Jim Lee and Scott Williams. And Batman Volume 1, Court of Owls, written by Scott Snyder. And uh, art by Greg Capullo. Awesome three, awesome setup. I mean, and then the the slip case is just all black with the, you know, the seventy fifth anniversary logo of Batman. Yeah, that's dope. Um, I actually physically saw this at Barnes and Noble today. Actually, they had like three of them there, and you just look at it and you're just like, oh, I needs this. <laughs> like, I actually, I never read the Court of Owls. I missed it. Yeah, um, that was yeah early on in the in the new fifty twos, and it got rave reviews. Like everybody talks, like that's like the seminal new of the new Batman storyline. Um, but one of the things I liked about it is that you have three different versions of Batman in this, and you have the Dark Knight Returns, obviously, you know Frank Miller version, which gives Batman's balls back. Uh, <laughs> then you have Batman Hush. And then you have Court of the Owls. And to be honest, having a Scott Snyder Batman story in a definitive Batman collection is pretty is is really awesome. Because I mean, you know, the day he decides to not write Batman anymore is going to be a sad day. Yeah, in my, in my opinion, I don't know about you, but no, I agree. So, uh, yeah, you can get it online or you can get it at Barnes and Noble. It's fifty bucks. If you have a, you know, if you, if, if somebody is into Batman, but, you know, doesn't really know, like, some of, like, some of his best, uh, I don't know, storylines. This is, is there, a, like, a new comic book yeah, fan. Yeah, new comic book fan. This is, this is one you want to go Especially with. fucking Hush, dude. Like, yeah. Hush is, I feel that Hush is underrated. I know a lot of people that haven't read Hush. 
Yeah. Like, it's like, what are you doing? They, you remember Hush? And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, fuck off. Get away from me. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you right now. It's dead to me. <laughs> people, people now, because of, of the Nolan flicks, yeah. like, oh, I'm a huge Batman fan. And you bring up something like Hush or like, even just the Frank Miller books. Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, I never read that. And I'm like, oh, then can you kindly turn around and fuck off? <laughs> You're not a Batman fan. You don't know about that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Stu- stupid, stupid. There's a difference between being a fan and I like Batman. Yeah. You know, yeah. or you could say like, I like the movies. Yeah. Like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. And then also, if you want to add something to this, add the killing joke. The killing joke's my favorite. Yeah, I have the- to say. Because it's really a story of the Joker. And really, if you ever want to, and I actually was discussing this with someone today, is that if you really wanted to get in the mentality of the Joker, that's the book. Yeah, it really, really tells you how the Joker mentality works and why when you see some of the early stuff or some of like the it's just you're just like, no, 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 this is it. This is how he should be. And then it makes uh, and in actuality, if you look at it, it actually makes um, uh, Nicholson's and Ledger's version so much more concrete, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. With especially you. especially Ledger. You know, or... I think Nicholson played a, a awesome fucking Joker. Oh yeah. And, and now that the new, I know when the, the the Dark Knight Returns came out, all of a sudden you see these things of oh, it was so much better than that cheesy joke. I'm like really because he wasn't called cheesy until this movie came out. Right. Like he 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 did a fucking awesome job. Yeah. It was it was a different Joker. It wasn't the weird like. I'm not it, saying it wasn't the Cesar Romero from the TV series because that's what most people are going to remember. Exactly. And, like I'm not saying that um, Heath Ledger's Joker was bad. It's just a different one. Yeah. You know. But uh, yeah, so uh, definitely. Oh, by the way, uh, Batman and Batman Returns are on Netflix now. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Oh man, I'm gonna be up all night. Look at this <laughs> shit. That's that classic. I put this shit on for the kids because they they had only seen the newer ones. All right. And it. And they're little, you know, that my oldest, well, my oldest is, is 14, but my oldest below that <laughs> is, uh, is nine. <laughs> so they, they saw the Nolan ones and they were kind of like, uh, because that's, that was for adults. It was not for yeah, kids. Yeah, it was heavy. Yeah. So I put on, um, the first one and they were fuck it blew their fucking mind, man. Yeah. They watched the shit out. I also put on Super Mario Brothers, which they equally like. So they might, <laughs> might not be the best judges, but I mean. <laughs> I I like the Super Mario movie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, I think it's time we get into some news. I guess. Yeah, might as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, in uh, television news, the old adage oh, "no news is good news" is usually the case for Doctor Who. In recent months, since the start of the eighth season, with the new Doctor at the helm, the internet has turned the on the once loved showrunner Stephen Moffat. While the season has been a bit more uneven than we have been accustomed to, I think it was a good season to get people used to the new Doctor. As we wait for the Christmas special that is about to air in a little over a month, it is interesting to see how people are already expecting Moffat uh, Moffat himself is out, expecting that Moffat himself is out. That appears that it appears that a small minority of fans, even the teeny fans, were not happy with the older Doctor. Online reports began airing that due to backlash, Moffat would be out. Unfortunately, contracts don't work out that way. 
Earlier in the years, before Season 8 began, Moffat was quoted as saying that Season 8 and 9 would run uninterrupted, meaning all 12 episodes would run in succession, and no mid-season breaks. That statement alone would indicate that Moffat is, is on for at least two more seasons. Not to mention the about working on Doctor Who, which would interfere with the fourth season of Sherlock. Well, at a Royal Television Society event, Moffat claims that he is already working on the ninth season premiere as um, of the series, which would indicate, which would make, sen- uh, make sense since they expect to sh- shoot early next year. He also claims that he has writers locked for the upcoming season. Who, uh, who those writers are and what the episodes will be is, of course, anyone's guess. But in the end, I think people need to think. Uh, need to think if Moffat was leaving the series, they would make a big send-off, just like they did for Russell T. Davies. Just because the young and uninitiated are up in arms about the Doctor being old should look back on at the older shows. He has many different ages. To me, anyone that does not like him due to a, his age is not a real fan. I think, I thought it, um, I liked Matt Smith. But I, I think that um, fuck, I can't remember his real name. I'm so busy calling him the fucking doctor, Peter Capaldi. Yeah, um, I think he just brings a new thing to the table. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's the maturity of it, and and he's he's a more seasoned actor. Yeah, you know. So the the thing that the 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 biggest difference for me is when Matt Smith felt something, although his execution was perfect for the character, it was blatant. He was happy. He was upset. You know, you right. knew it. But Capaldi's got that. He's got that old school skill. Yeah. Where it's it's you only see it in the eyes. The rest of it is is stoic. Doesn't show anything. But you can yeah. tell he's sad. He's upset. He's worried. Everything just in his eyes. That's some skill right there. Yeah. What what gets me is that if you go back to even um, Christopher Eccleston, who in the first season he was very dark. Like people forget about Eccleston is that he was really dark and then you had Tennant who kind of walked this tightrope of being dark but also being you know kind of goofy kind of silly but then Smith took it to be completely silly and you know very kind of cocky and you know Tennant to me seemed like out of those three Tennant to me seemed like the more normal person like a full person you know like um, the other ones were almost like caricatures of something you know, and, and, and now I might be wrong, but the one before, um, who's the first one you said? I'm really bad with names. Christopher Eccleston? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't he the doctor right after, um, he fucking sent the Time Lords to Never Never Land? Well, he, Isn't... yeah, because there, there was that little gap where it was supposed to be, uh, the War Doctor, the one from the 50th anniversary. Yeah, so yeah. it kind of when you learn that, it makes sense for him to be dying. Yeah, because that's coming right off of some terrible shit. Right. You know, and and I don't know everything in Doctor Who makes sense. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of, and it in any any kind of media, any show or book or ma- or comic books, whatever that truly makes sense, they'll look fucking crazy yeah. at first glance. You'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then when you get into it, you're like, oh shit, this puzzle piece goes here, this one goes here. Right. Doctor Who is the shit. This is the Doctor Who episode. <laughs> um, That'll be a funny title. You know, Doctor Who. Doctor Who is the shit. Written by Stephen Moffat. 
<laughs> so my my news is is a glaring example <laughs> of not having anything interesting to say about movies or television, or not um, having the internet for it. <laughs> yeah. So I did okay on the other ones, you but did, this one I did, was yeah. I was kind of the um, a sequel. <laughs> yeah, a sequel for the 2011 remake, The Mechanic, is currently being planned. I like the first one. I like um, fucking Jason Statham's a pimp, dude. Uh, is playing a pretty heavy cast of characters. Um, has been added to the lineup alongside Jason Statham, um, <laughs> Jessica Alba. Always a plus when she's in a movie. Um, Tommy Lee Jones is going to be moping around, I guess. And Michelle Yao. He'll be like Two Face in Batman Forever. <laughs> I know. Let me do a Google search. I forgot who Michelle Yao was. Uh, oh, she was she a was chicken in... crouching tiger, tiger, hidden dragon. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, she is good. Um, have all been added to the list for Mechanic Resurrection. Um, Dennis Gansel has been tapped to direct the film as well. Did he direct the first one? I don't think he did. I don't know. I didn't. Not the first first one, but the the, <laughs> the first first one was Charles Bronson. <laughs> yeah, that's badass. I yeah. saw that movie too. And that Charles Bronson don't fuck around. Oh fuck no. Um, the plot the plot synopsis from Summit Entertainment and Millennium Films is as follows: uh, Arthur Bishop, Jason Statham. Uh, returns as the mechanic in the sequel to the 2011 global hit. I don't know about all that. Um, oh, no, because it did make a lot of money out uh, overseas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, when that, some... That's when they use global means it made more money outside of the States than it did in. Right. <laughs> it probably came out when a comic book movie came out, so nobody probably. saw it. Um, when it probably someone... better than, uh, than uh, what was it, Battleship. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, Jesus. Um, when someone from his past but, forces... No, can I finish this fucking synopsis real quick? You're doing disrespectful to not only Summit Entertainment, not only Millennium Films, but more importantly to me. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> when someone from his past forces him back into the business, every fucking Jason Statham movie, he's he's trying to get out of the business. <laughs> Everything that was the same thing with like The Godfather. I tried try to get out, but they keep pulling me back in. Jesus, Bishop has to complete an impossible list of assassinations. Um, of the most dangerous men in the world. You know what's cool is, and it's almost a guarantee with any Jason State. Oh, it comes out January twenty second, two thousand sixteen. So don't <laughs> hold your fucking breath. Um, it's almost a guarantee with any Jason Statham movie. You're gonna have fun. Like if you like action movies, you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, he's a funny guy. He he's real physical with the with the um with the actions. You you can tell that they don't use stunt doubles that much. It's just it's good. It's like it's almost like old school. Yeah. Like an old school fucking action flick that's better than the Expendables. Well, that's oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let, let, let's not uh, delve too long into that because I have my own whole thing on that. But that's uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm starting. I've been. It's funny too because like, you know, like in the '80s and the and early '90s, there was a lot of just like you know practical action, and then in late '90s you started seeing more CG or bad CG. Um, in there and then of course in 2000s we've we've kind of pushed but there's almost been this kind of resurgence of using film as opposed to digital um and also practical like people are using a good combination of them yeah you know what i think it is it's it's the audience the audience is now so used to cgi that they can spot it yeah like even if it's good like that's cgi even if you got the coloring is just a little off you know it's cg like even 
a great a great movie. I love this fucking movie. But 300. 300 was an awesome movie, but they used so much CGI that there's a lot of people that are like, the fucking movie's dumb. Yeah. Because it looks fake. You know what I mean? Like, so I think the, the audience... Well, it's the same thing with, like, Sin City. Yeah. Well, Sin City, that's stylized, though. That's supposed yeah. to look like that. Yeah, but at the same time, it when it, it's too much... Like, the first one did well because it was new. Then when they did the second one, no one went to see it. You know? And, and I think because at that point, it was like, we've seen that already. You know, we've seen... That's right. I haven't seen the second one. Yeah. It was even, out for... even Jessica Alba stripping can't get people into the theater. <laughs> I know. That's a sad time for yeah. everybody. But, you know, like J.J. Uh, Abrams, especially if you watch the Star Trek movies, you'll see a lot of practical. He merges practical and vi- and visual together to make it work. It's know? like, you know, a perfect, a perfect analogy. It's like a broad putting on makeup. Mm-hmm. You have a chick who puts on makeup and they blend it into their skin tone. They look great. You got one that puts it on like a fucking Kim Kardashian clown. <laughs> they don't look good. They put on, I mean? If they have to put it on with a roller. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like nowadays if someone uses too much CGI and not really 300, that was a bad example because that's kind of a special case. But you see a movie with too much CGI in it. It's like they're trying to cover up something bad. That's what it feels. You know, and you're like, oh, fuck this shit. By the way, when I when I went to verify because it was too good to be true. When I went to verify that if the Batman movies were on Netflix, um, if you just type in science in the search bar. (laughs) It's all Mystery Science Theater 3000 movies. I'm like, what? I didn't know this shit was on here. Oh, no. <laughs> also, Sid the Science Kid and 9-11 Science and Conspiracy. Oh, so the, yeah. those I, I've watched skipped. that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched that Conspiracy one. It's actually kind of interesting. But anyway, uh, doubt me, motherfucker. I just wanted to see it. Hmm. All I right. put it on my list, motherfucker. <laughs> all right. Moving on into gaming news. Gaiman news. When Sony announced their PlayStation 4 system update 2.0, it was going to include SharePlay, which would allow gamers to enable a second user to play their session for up to 60 minutes. Uh, as Sony enabled a few restrictions that would prevent someone from playing the game without paying for it, it seems that EA is not about to take that chance for their popular FIFA 15. EA has reportedly chosen to disable that feature for any PS4 users playing their biggest title. If a user tries to enable uh, share play, they will receive a message that states, viewing the game screen that a ho- uh, that the host is currently playing is not allowed due to content restrictions in your country or region. Uh, before you start getting upset over the decision to purchase a PS4 over an Xbox One, Sony did make it clear that publishers would be able to would have the ability to not enable that option of their game. Quote, SharePlay is a system-level feature enabled by System Software Update 2.0, making it available for all PlayStation 4 titles. However, the option is available to developers to disable the feature according to what they feel is best benefit Uh, the consumer experience sony did say last week this is of course the first ea game that has been blocked that particular feature but it is not the first game to do so activision blocked the feature on call of duty advanced warfare and call of duty ghost and other titles such as tomb raider wolfenstein the new order and thief have followed suit there will be a there will be a small contingent of fans that'll scream bloody murder over this but there are far more people that probably could care less if uh you were un- you unsure about purchasing the game, this would have been a great option for you to see if you wanted to. Unfortunately, 
Now you'll need to continue. You'll still need to continue to download the demo and play the part they only want you to play. That's the only issue I see from, from you know, from uh, disabling share play. Like people say, like, oh, you know, it'll allow them to play the game without. No, they won't. Sixty minutes, unless it's really, really short. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Sony's Sony's plan with the one hour thing is perfect. It gives you plenty of time, and you get unlimited restats. So if it's a game that isn't like a storyline based or if it's a Call of Duty game, right. you should be able to get through it in an hour anyway. So yeah, plus, um, plus you can't save it. So it's like I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, it's 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 Sony's answer to the the death of the demo, really. Right. Yeah. These demos are out. I mean, you rarely find a demo anymore. Yeah. And and when they do come out, they suck. Yeah. So they're saying, look, your buddy has a game, whatever, test it out. Yeah. You know, and I've I've heard a couple people complain that oh well if I they say it's like borrowing a game. Well if I borrowed a game from a friend, he let me keep it longer than an hour. It's like now you're just being a bitch. Yeah. You're being a little bitch. Like you they're Sony's not they're not gonna say, Here, play the game unlimited right. because then there's gonna be that friend that never buys games. Right. They're just mooching off the friends. Hey yeah. man, can you turn your uh, PlayStation on real quick? Yeah. I wanna jump into that. I mean you can't play and you can't restart from where you saved, so What's the point, you know? It's going to be cool for that co-op, though. Yeah. That's cool. Because, like, you come home and you want to play a, you want to play a co-op game and you have no friends. <laughs> you, can, you can jump on. You so. jump on and you quickly speak Mandarin to get that buddy that you just, That's right. you know, friended over there to play with you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Xbox CVP of... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Xbox CVP. Of marketing, strategy, and business. Oh. Uh, use of Medi? That's sure. what I say, right? I've heard it said 800 times. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> has, announced on, has announced on Xbox Wire that Microsoft has shipped, clo- shipped <laughs> close to 10 million Xbox One consoles so it far in the US. It shipped 10 million? What? <laughs> it shipped 10 million? <laughs> Quote, 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 compared to the previous week, Xbox One sales in the U.S. have more than tripled. See, it's – I'll talk about it at the end. Yeah. Which is, exci- which is exciting as more and more friends will be playing together this holiday, um, he says. As we head <laughs> – I like it. He says. <laughs> as, we head- <laughs> as we head into the busy holiday season, Xbox One led Generation 8 console sales – in the U.S. for the past two weeks. Shortly, we will have sold in to retailers more than 10 million Xbox One consoles. You read this like it's such a chore that you're like, <laughs> <laughs> because I'll explain at the end. Of course, the sudden surge in sales could be due to the recent discount Microsoft put on the console. Xbox Ones are $50 cheaper starting back on November 2nd and ending in January 3rd, just in time for a holiday purchase. While Microsoft has been playing second fiddle to Sony this year when it comes to console sales, they aren't exactly losing the battle either. Both consoles are doing just fine, and this recent sale might see Microsoft at least pacing well against Sony during the holidays. And that's a realistic, that's a realistic goal. Because the thing is, and, and what I don't like, and Sony doesn't do this, and I think it's, I think it's more about Japan business versus American business. All this shit talking. On our side of the fence. <laughs> um, they shipped 10 million Xbox One consoles. 
it's a month before Christmas. Of course they fucking ship 10 million consoles. Yeah. But then what's the first the first fucking sentence in the quote? Xbox One sales in the US. See, he's not saying shit. He's, he says 10 million Xboxes sold into real retail. He it's just clever wording. Yeah. And it makes it makes me laugh. Um I do want to go on record that while the X Microsoft had a real rough start with the Xbox One. They've changed a few things around. They've got it more in line with how a, a game console traditionally should be. It's a fine console. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, if you if if you, it's Christmas time and you don't know what console to get and the struggle's real, you're not trying to get both of them and be that guy, you know, or girl. Me. Sorry. <laughs> right. Well, I eventually get both of them, yeah. but not at the same time. Right. Um. No matter which one you choose, you'll be happy. Yeah. If you're if you're if you're a real gamer. You know what I mean? You'll be happy. And if you're buying it for a kid, they better be fucking happy. <laughs> um, the the situation as as it stands is is that the the console war thing is is dead now. There's no war anymore. Yeah. Now they're both just selling to their respected fans. So I don't even care anymore. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, the PlayStation Four has a lot of they've they've smoothed out. Also, of course, you know that. System update 2.0 didn't go quite so well, <laughs> um, and you know, and it's not to say like Sony's were not without fault, and they 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 fucked up, and you know, uh, all technology and, will fuck up. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, but to, but to you know, like for me, to be honest, Call of Duty, like Call of Duty game, actually looks better on an Xbox One than it does on a PlayStation Four. It it really does. Yeah. But uh, you know, the thing is, is that Sony has a lot more exclusivity games. As well as games that are released for both, so you know, and then they're you know, it's just it's just one of those where, like for me, I prefer the PlayStation over the Xbox. Um, will I eventually get an Xbox One? Sure, I'm that guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll also have a Wii U. <laughs> yeah, and I'll have a Wii U, and you know, while stroking my Wii, you know, it's just it's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those kind of things. But you know, and, and you know, you'll hear us pick on microsoft but that's because there's a lot to pick on for microsoft uh but in the end you know it, it's whatever whatever you want i mean if you get an xbox one and you hope for a playstation 4 shut the fuck up yeah, don't 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 do the first world problem yeah like it, i have no console currently yeah. i have a broken xbox and a broken ps3 <laughs> they're both sitting in a drawer over here i don't know why i don't throw them away um oh because I, I have to take them to the recycling thing um, the, I, and this was funny and I want to talk to you about this. We both want PS4s. All right. I'm getting mine on the tax return. I don't know when you're getting yours. I have a lot of tax credits that run around my house. <laughs> so, you know, children, if you're <laughs> uninitiated. <laughs> um, so w- would it be smarter for one of us to get an Xbox one? But then, and this is my thought, I'm not asking, I'm just saying, but then I'm like, but then we could never play it again. So I'm right. like, fucking, just the struggle, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? It and really, then it, I mean, it really is first world problems. When you... Yeah, of course. <laughs> but it's um, it, I ultimately decided either Steve's getting an Xbox One or neither of us are because I'm not getting one. Right. Because I'm just I'm I'm on I'm on Sony's camp, man. I like what they're doing. And if and also if we both get if we both get PS4s, I can be that guy that plays Steve's games. <laughs> right. He buys way more fucking games than me. Right. And I think I think that's really interesting. We live in two different states. Yeah. You buy something new, you know, you got a little bit more dispendable cash, whatever. 
and you're like, hey, this game is hot. And I'm like, let me check it out real quick. Yeah. Hop on and play. Like That's it would fucking be so cool. Like dude. it'd be perfect right now. Like if uh, you had, like if we both had one, and then in the Call of Duty game, it's like, hey, dude, hop on this, play this for real quick, see what you yeah. think. You know. But of course, Activision won't do that. But you know, it, it's still kind of cool in, in in a lot of those instances. And plus the fact that you know more of my friends are on PlayStation than on Xbox. I have no uh, friends on consoles. All my <laughs> all my gamer friends are on the PC. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's the same thing with the whole iOS Android camp. You know, like people are yeah. like, oh, if I, it's like, shut up. It's over now. You know, both both have survived long enough to be considered successes. Now it's just a comparison of features. Right. Like you can nitpick. I mean, we can sit here all day and say what's good and bad about the iPhone, right. what's good and bad about Samsung's or LG's or whatever. But it, at the end of the day, you get either one you're, and you're a general consumer, you'll be fine with it. Yeah, it you, doesn't matter. Yeah. It's only when you're like a techie person that you're going to yeah. be like, I need to get this very specific device. <laughs> right. <laughs> like me. <laughs> Fucking spends weeks preparing before a purchase and killing myself in the process. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, on that note, I think it's time we move into some comic news. Ooh. Yeah. So, uh, varying covers for comics or something that will be the cause <laughs> well that will cause the serious collector to roll their eyes mm. unfortunately it gives the publisher a reason to charge a high price for something that's uh that wants something a little different marvel is huge for releasing variant covers but dc is not that far behind the upcoming series ant-man will be no different marvel announced last month that they will be releasing a shrinking variant for the first issue of the comic However, it wasn't until this past Friday that they actually got to see the actual image from cover and more a complete explanation of what a shrinking variant would be. I just did air quotes for those of you that can't see me. Um, according Which would be all of us. <laughs> according to Marvel's, uh, Marvel SVP sales and marketing, David Gabriel, each and every cover will be individually numbered and have Scott Lang as a uh, at a completely different size from big to tiny according to marvel no two variants are alike however unlike previous variants they will only make as many as are ordered so there will not be enough if demand is great or there will not be an overabundance of the variant uh quote this is a completely this is completely unlike any cover we've attempted gabriel said uh in the official press release we've even had to utilize new technology to make this happen uh, Ant-Man 1 will hit retailers in January from the creative team of Nick Spencer and artist Ramon Rosanas. Uh, the shrinking variant is featured on the website, thelazygeeks.com. You know so, what I noticed about variant covers? If there's a variant cover of a popular book that's black and white, or mm-hmm. if it's like a st- uh, like a pencil drawing, right. just, just buy it. Do yourself a favor and buy it. Yeah, just buy it. It's, because it's going to be worth some money. Yeah, it'll be worth the extra money you pay yeah. and shovel down. I remember the the first issue one of the recent I don't know if it's still going on but the recent Venom mm-hmm. line they had a they had a variant and it's not that popular of a book they had a variant that was a pencil it was a pencil sketch of the of the actual cover mm-hmm. and um it's it, it went up quick and like the I think 3 weeks later it was like 75 bucks uh-huh. just for a fucking variant it's yeah. the same damn comic it just right. has a different cover just on different it. cover on it it's not like you're actually getting the drawing, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. All right, so... It's not like the guy drew it with his penis. 
Maybe. Although we don't know for sure. We, we don't know nothing. You know? <laughs> um, the artist behind Batman Noel, uh, Lee Bermio, I think, um, is working on a new book for Vertigo set in a post-apocalyptic Los Angeles. Honestly, if you're going to do so a post... real uh, real time? Yeah, I put, honestly, if you're going to do a post-apocalyptic anything, L.A. is a good place to start. Yeah. And I put, I kid, I kid, but I don't. I'm not really joking. Um, Bermeo, um, it's B-E-R-M-E-J-O. Bermeo? Bermeo, why not? That sounds better. Is little taking, Spanish there. There you go. Is taking on double duties for this book titled Suicide. Is, and will be both writing and drawing the series. Um, yeah, that's what's happening. Here is <laughs> DC's official summary of Suicide. Is, in the poke, poke, poke. In the in the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the post-apocalyptic city of New Angeles, clever. Uh, killing isn't just a crime; it's entertainment. When the big one finally, big ones in quotes, uh, finally hits the West Coast, Los Angeles has left. Los Angeles was left in ruins, and when the U.S. government decided to cut the city loose. Things went from bad to worse. To survive, L.A. did what it does best. It turned survival into entertainment. Uh, now, 30 years later, the city of New Angeles is thriving once more thanks to the blood sport known as Suiciders, a TV series that combines the spe- spectacle of hand-to-hand combat with elaborate high-tech obstacles that test each competitor's ability to survive. But these competitors have an edge. They've been freakishly enhanced by drugs and technology. The results are both marvelous and monstrous as the man called The Saint begins to rise above his fellow suiciders. Suiciders is a dark post-apocalyptic epic that tells the story of a strange, brutal world written and illustrated by Lee Bermejo, the number one New York Times best-selling writer-slash-artist behind uh, Joker Batman. Joker? Oh he, oh, he wrote that Joker trade. Remember that one-shot? It was like it was. It came in hardcover. I had it. Like I bought it when I was with you. Oh, it, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He wrote that's that shit, so he's legit. Yeah. And he also did the art for Batman Noel. Well, fuck's sake. Um, Luther and before Watchmen Rorschach. Suicide is number one. Is set to drop in February 2015 with a price set at three ninety nine because two ninety nine is out the window. Right. Um. It looks interesting. It's it sounds like an eighties movie, doesn't it? Yeah, like, it kind of does. But it, it looks interesting. I might pick up the first issue because um, you know, comic books are cool. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I got the cover. The cover's in the article. LazyGeeks.com. Keep it real. You know, keep it real. Watch it. Check it out. Do it. Right. <laughs> oh man, we crack ourselves up like don't be a business. fool and stay in school. <laughs> All right, moving on into technology news. <gasps> the future is now. <laughs> where's my Where's my power glove? Right. Uh, as pressure on the FCC has grown to grow, uh, has begun to grow on maintaining net neutrality, it seems that internet providers will be taking a different approach to protest. Uh, in other words, they will start to threaten consumers in with their inactions to get what they want. It is equivalent to a toddler throwing a tantrum to get what they want when they want it. On Friday, AT&T announced plans to halt their rollout of expanding their one gigabit 
per second fiber service that they announced they would roll out back in April. They were planning to roll out the service in some 100 locations, but due to the lack of decision making from the FCC, AT&T has decided to put that plan on hold. Quote, you're doing multi-billion dollar investments and you really have no clarity in terms of how those investments will be regulated. AT&T CEO Randall Stephenson said on Wednesday that that can have no other effect, uh, no other than to cause one to pause. Uh, keep in mind that AT&T is likely threatening the FCC with this, but the FCC has called their bluff and wants to see what kind of harm net neutrality would do to AT&T. They have to be careful at this point, especially since AT&T still has to seek approval from the FCC to complete their merger with DirecTV. We are happy to respond to the questions posed by the FCC in its review of our merger with DirecTV, an AT&T spokesperson said. As we made clear earlier this week, we remain committed to our DirecTV merger-related build-out plans. Net neutrality allows the internet to remain open and free, but internet providers want to charge people for an a internet fast lane. While some people may believe that it is for faster internet, it's it is really for providers to charge anyone with a website higher rates to get their content out to more people on the internet. This would this would in turn allow internet providers to monopolize the internet. Let it also be known that AT&T is one of several companies that already puts caps on their internet customers. Not only will, are they already nickel and diming their customers that go over their caps because they wish to watch, they wish to see Netflix, but they want to charge Netflix more to bring that content to you. Who would win in this situation? AT&T and other internet providers. Let it be known. I love when people <laughs> use that. Yeah, AT AT&T is just being typical AT&T here. They, they're always yeah. the old hat. They're always the one that that um wants things business 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 like i i can only i can almost see the the board of directors for for fucking um at&t being a bunch of dudes in monocles and top hats yeah i know right? sipping martinis you know what i mean like <laughs> they don't move well with change you yeah. know they they want they always want more money always yeah and the the sole reason for this and i mentioned this last week is that you know obama finally endorsed net neutrality so he wants the he wants uh, uh, the FCC, which means which means all Republicans are now going to vote exactly. To <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he he wants uh, net neutral um, the internet to be filed under Article Two or Title Two, I think actually no Title Two, and basically regulate it like an like a commodity, like you would for um, phone service or gas and things like that. Basically, keeping it affordable. Because actually, the the um, uh, United Nations have actually declared the internet a gift, a, a right for every human being on the planet. Yeah, because it's the flow of information. Exactly, it's, and it's as, we see, like, as we've seen in other countries, that flow of information gets squashed from time to time. It's it's almost like if this happened fifty years ago, it would be you can go to the library. But you're only allowed to read one book every time you go, and you have to pay a fee when you go in. Like it's the same kind of shit, yeah. you know. And it's it's um, it's interesting to me that the the whole net neutrality thing, if net neutrality goes away and and the the bad side wins, 
it just further proves that corporations are running this fucking country because it's it's all bullshit for every normal consumer. Yeah, I actually did a um a, an editorial piece. We actually opened an expose. up an, <laughs> We actually uh, uh, created a op-ed portion of the site, which you'll probably see a lot more of me in there than Adam. When but... I looked up op-ed, I realized. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I knew. Uh, Damn it. And uh, is. Allowing us a little actual freedom to write some complete editorials and, and to be able to just kind of say what we want to say our side without pigeonholing it to, you know, to, to our regular news section. Because I, I think that kind of, you know, we do give our own little opinion pieces within our stories. But when you were doing when we're doing something completely, completely opinion, I think it should be separated from everything else. Uh, but. In any case, I actually wrote a, a piece on Monday that uh, was basically, if you want to see the world without net neutrality, just simply look at Facebook feed. Look at your Facebook feed. Oh, yeah. And um, and I basically used the equivalent of what we do and how many times. If you like us on Facebook, see how many times you see us on there. We don't pay for advertising, but see all the other people that do. And... You know, I go into what, you know, Facebook says, you know, they say that, oh, well, even at full optimum, you know, exposure would be 16%. So roughly meaning that 16% of your total viewers would actually get exposure from your site on their fan page. But when you don't pay, roughly 2.5% of your viewer base. So basically for us, it'd be like two people. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 it, they live up to that unless it's a piece that's unless we share something that's that's uh released by someone else that's sponsored that suddenly suddenly it gets 15 shares you know or 26 shares it's like mm. so it's it's one of those kind of things where if you really want to see an internet fast lane just look at facebook look at all those news articles that that litter your news feed yeah and it's not it's not all about the money either because it's it's about control. You, you're gonna have you're gonna get to the point where you're gonna have these big corporations that can afford the fast lane, right. and then those corporations are gonna be are gonna be sitting down with talks with corporations that have nothing to do with the internet, right. so they can promote other things. You know, it's yeah. it's just it's the beginning of bullshit. And yeah. you have you have huge corporations that are 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 all for net neutrality. Google's a big proponent for it. I mean, even Microsoft. Um, is is encouraging net neutrality. I know that uh, Bill Gates don't fucking like the regulation bullshit, right? Um, because you're 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 stunting the information age. Yeah, you're putting fucking uh, you, those what, what are those things that apart the parking brakes that they put on when you get a oh, ticket. Yeah, yeah you okay. put one of those on the on the fucking information age. You're gonna you're They're putting the boot on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're stunting progress is what I'm trying to say. But well, we we have another story that we're gonna probably. It's probably going to expand this conversation, so we'll stymie it here for now. And then... stymie it. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of nothing that we were talking about. <laughs> um, Speaking of stymie growth. <laughs> ooh. Microsoft just announced Skype for web, um, allowing users to access Skype without the need to install anything on their computers. Currently in beta, Skype for web will use real-time communications or RTC technology. 
um, <laughs> allowing the service to operate with nothing installed. For now, however, beta testers need to install a plugin. Um, quote, it's perfect if you prefer using the web rather than an app. Skype product manages, oh, Jesus. Skype product <laughs> marketing manager Jonathan Watson wrote on the Skype blog. Uh, perhaps you're sitting at a computer that doesn't already have Skype installed, or maybe you're on the go and using an internet cafe, a hotel computer, whilst he actually wrote whilst whilst <laughs> on vacation, where you can't download Skype at all. Using Skype for for web makes it more convenient to get to your conversations. Skype for Web Beta is available officially for the PC and Mac, but in true Microsoft fashion, there is no word on if it works with Linux. All major browsers are supported, however, with Chrome, Firefox, Internet Explorer 10 and above, as well as Safari 6 and above, getting the plug-in uh, while it's needed. The beta is, invited, ugh, the beta is invite only, okay. so keep an eye on your email for an invite, although only a very small amount of people are going to be tapped for now. Um, where I do see Skype for web being cool is like on a Chromebook. Yeah, you know that's what I, mean? I was thinking. If it doesn't use Java. Right. Uh, but I'm actually thinking about picking up a Chromebook on that tax return. Just something real quick, you know, on a mount. Yeah. I like having a fucking keyboard. That's the only problem I have with tablets. Mm. Touchscreen bullshit. <laughs> These kids in their touchscreens. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when I was holding on to that, that Samsung Epic phone? the jaws of life like i didn't want to oh, move yeah. on like everybody yeah. else because it slid up and had a keyboard <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now now the typing errors are are abundant well it's it's funny to me like it seems a little late for that doesn't it yeah, like it's really it only helps chromebook users which is funny because that's not microsoft's intention obviously because they right. don't like the chromebook it's um it, even in his quote for people who don't feel or feel they they want to use this more than app, what person in the modern age is bothered by using a fucking app? Yeah, you know, so whatever. Yeah, I I don't know. I just don't quite see how that's beneficial really to anyone other than Chromebook users. Other than Chromebook users, yeah, and Linux users, because now this is definitely the nail in the fucking coffin for yeah. the Linux version of Skype. I'll tell you that much <laughs> right now. Oh man. All right. Well, many times people, companies, or someone does something that's straight up bitch. This is a section of the podcast called This Week's This Bitch. So this week's This Bitch is Senator Ted Cruz. And this article comes from The Verge. And this primarily shows you why politicians should not get involved when it comes to technology. Yeah. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz, Republican Texas, has per had perhaps the most memorable reaction to Obama's Monday announcement about net neutrality. Reclassifying broadband under common carrier laws was, quote, Obamacare for the Internet, end quote. Beyond the fact that Cruz hates both of these things, the comparison didn't make a whole lot of sense, but it was good enough for him to elaborate upon at length today in a speech at Austin in Incubator uh, Capital Factory. The talk, which laid out a four-point future of the internet platform, was peppered with folksy and familiar rhetoric. Ted Cruz thinks the an internet sales tax would hurt new entrepreneurs if, say, you formed a company and you wanted to make retro lava lamps. He supports ICANN, 
the U.S.-based group that manages the internet domain system and opposes giving the U.N. and any any international group more control, which all of which I agree, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's a co-sponsor of the USA Freedom Act, a limited NSA reform bill that's about to be brought to a vote in the Senate. And he thinks, and he thinks net neutrality will kill freedom of speech and take away your smartphone. Quote, mark my words, everyone who is interested in innovation, who is interested in freedom online, I believe would come to regret putting on broadband under Title II. He said, pulling out a black rotary phone, quote, this is regulated by Title II. He pulls out an iPhone. This is not. Your smartphone, the internet, the apps, all, outs, all of this outside the Title II. Then back to the rotary phone. Have you ever tried to put one of these things in your pocket? It doesn't work. <laughs> I'm not laughing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now I am. Yeah. At myself. Yeah. If, if Cruz could make calls or texts with that smartphone, his statement it wasn't quite accurate because wireless phone service is covered under Title II. Yeah. But that aside, his point is uh, encapsulated here. When you think, quote, when you think of regulated monopolies, regulated public utilities, what are the adjectives that come to mind? They are not bold, innovative, fair. The whole thing is a perfect inversion of the liberal argument of net neutrality. If net neutrality proponents argue that it will stop big players from locking out small companies, Cruz says, it will help the big boys and lock out startups. If Reddit's Alexis Ohanian can use don't mess with the internet as a slogan to protest the Republican-led SOPA copyright bill in Texas. Cruz can use it to tell off the FCC. The problem is that bold, innovative, and fair aren't words that come to mind when you think of today's unregulated ISPs. In fact, Ted Cruz's nightmare scenario doesn't seem like a radical departure from what we've grown, uh, what we've got right now. If its merger, if its merger with Time Warner Cable goes through, Comcast will run over half the wire, the wired broadband market, and the innovation that net neutrality would prevent has so far involved blocking the BitTorrent protocols and giving its uh, Xfinity video app a boost on the Xbox. Real competition from Google Fire or even municipal broadband projects is what actually led to well competition. Hmm. Uh, which which is more innovative, the U.S. Postal Service or Facebook and Twitter, asks Cruz. No matter where you fall on net neutrality, it's a terrible comparison. The Postal Service isn't Facebook, it's Comcast. And while it's far from a perfect comparison, net neutrality is less picking winners and losers, as Cruz calls it, than making sure post offices don't give one company special sorting privileges. Which actually, if you remember... They were doing that between Netflix and GameFly. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that's what he was. That's what he was alluding. Yeah, to. but that that whole that situation, his, all of his analogies suck. Oh, uh, yeah. The situation with Netflix and GameFly, and the Postal Service said it straight away. So Netflix isn't paying us. Right. It's just there's the sheer volume of Netflix movies. Right. During that time, um, was so crazy that they dedicated a team to sort them all right and gamefly was crying that they should get the same treatment but the it just wasn't warranted because they didn't have that much volume right you know so whatever 
But this guy's a fucking tool, obviously. He doesn't understand what net neutrality is, for one. I love the fact that he picked up the – he he picks up the iPhone and says about calling and texting. It's like, no, that is covered under Title II, douchebag. Yeah. You know, and the thing is is that I don't understand how what he calls getting rid of net neutrality is is supposed to be better for the consumer and net neutrality – where basically is we're telling people to keep it the way it is, no big monopolies, no fast lane, none of that stuff. Creating competition is harmful. Like I don't get how, you know, it's like, wait, when you put – because what he's over there saying is that it's putting government regulation on it. Actually, it's taken away a lot of regulation. When you're, yeah. put, when you're telling – the government's telling you, okay, go ahead, do what you need to do, suddenly that's giving the the – uh, ISP, the ISPs, more power to dictate however they want. They're over there complaining about, oh, health insurance. You know, we need free, we need low-cost health care for all that. You're doing the same thing, and Obamacare is is different because it's putting government in the healthcare sector. This is we're trying to keep government out. So I don't understand how it's Obamacare. He doesn't know what net neutrality is. Yeah, and it's so stupid to me because. Everything he says goes against even just what the title of it is, net <laughs> neutrality. Right. Everything is neutral. And, and that – it's the free flow information. That's all it is. And it, someone should have asked him in the fucking crowd, the tool bag, after he described his fucking uh, whatever goddamn nightmare scenario he's talking about. Tell him, OK, well, explain to me what the alternative is and how it's less regulated now. Right. And then as soon as he starts explaining that, even he would probably go, oh, shit, I'm fucking an idiot. But – which he wouldn't. I have no faith in politics. And I also – I don't understand this general politics not understanding basic science and technology. Why are we voting these fucking morons into office? If I, someone who does not have a college degree, poor – and 29 for the next week and a half um, knows more about science, technology. I'll even go literature. Fuck it about <laughs> all that shit. Then the people that run the country. Well, here's here's the thing. Like he says, which is more innovative, the U.S. Postal Service or Facebook and Twitter? Uh, yeah, the, the U.S. US Postal, Postal Service, Service. <laughs> yeah. is is and you think about it, and you're like, yeah, but that's regulated by the government. That is a clusterfuck of what you guys have made it. Net neutrality is keeping the government out of it. It's saying we'll title it under Title II, which means, yeah, you can't charge outrageous prices. And why does that piss off the, the internet providers? Because they're not making more money. They keep claiming that, oh, well, we don't have the money to build an infrastructure. Really? Because the money that like Netflix and Google and all of them are paying to have access to the internet – you don't think they just manufacture their own, right? Netflix has their own ISP. You know, that's like Netflix wired. You know, they're... they should just they should just add to ask Ted Cruz straight up. Can we can we possibly see how large the checks from the Teamsters are? Because yeah. I'm just curious. Because exactly. he's he's just a fucking he's he's a speaker box. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's fucking talking about. He just knows that he's supposed to follow this one thing. Because he was told to by somebody else. It's blatantly obvious. Yeah, and the problem is is the rank-and-file idiots that don't understand what this is 
are going to say, oh, because he's against it, because Obama's for it, he's going to gain support that way. Yeah. And, I almost wish Obama never said fucking anything. Yeah. Because now there's going to be this whole group of people that aren't even going to look into it. Yeah. It's just going to be like, oh, Obama likes it? Obviously, yeah. we don't Exactly. You're going to have people that are going to say, oh, Obama likes it? Then, then I don't want it. I don't want anything. They said Obamacare for the internet? I don't. We don't want that. It's like, America! Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, no, read it. Know what it's about. I mean, fucking just watch hey, the John, John Oliver, Oliver bit. bit. Yeah. yeah. The John Oliver bit is perfect analogy of how it is. And I just... You know, and to me, it's like, you know, I and I posted it on on that story that we're talking about was or that I that I wrote was that it hurts people like us, you and me, because that means our content, because we're not paying for that fast lane. Our content's going to be ranked probably a lot lower than than everything else. And how do they regulate it? Like the fast lane does. okay? so that means the content gets faster. Does that mean they get priority? No, they don't tell you that. Of course, it means that. They're going to give them priority. Oh, they're paying for it, so let's make sure their stuff. How is it going to show up in Google? How is it going to show up on you know Bing? All of that stuff. Well, I mean, it's stupid. No, nobody who knows what net neutrality is is for this new fucking fast lane bullshit. Yeah. As soon as someone understands it, they're like, "Fuck that!" And that's what these the the people who are against net neutrality. If you pay attention to how they speak including this douchebag, they're focusing on keeping everyone in the dock. They don't want you to understand the concept. They just want to give you a bunch of fluff pieces and a bunch of bullshit, so you'll just do what you're fucking told. Yeah, and if you if you consider yourself enlightened or intelligent and you don't know what net neutrality is, just watch the John Oliver video. Yeah. It's perfect. It's a perfect, perfect example, and it couldn't be told in a, in a easy-to-understand and humorous way because you tell something humorous people remember it more and the problem is too like i don't mean to sound dire here but there's two things if net neutrality is is changed um one it doesn't just affect america because most of the internet comes out of america right so it's gonna affect the entire world and two it's gonna affect society as a whole i mean you're gonna have you know kids who want to all these young cats like that are that are sharing videos on YouTube doing crazy shit or just entertainment stuff every everything's going to stop All right because it's not going to be worth it anymore to post a video on on uh on a site only for no one to watch it because it's going to take fucking 5 minutes to load All right when they can watch the video from the company that will take 10 seconds to load yeah. well let, let me i guess the easiest way to put this to to tell everybody why they shouldn't be for this is these are the people that are for it. Uh, those particular Republicans and Democrats that are paid off by the cable providers, um, Time Warner, Comcast, uh, Verizon, AT&T, anybody that actually provides internet access. Who are the people against it? Anybody that uses the internet. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you have, but the, here's the thing, and it's 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 really a lot like SOPA, is really what it is, because you have uh, internet advocates, free freedom of speech uh, advocates against this. You have companies like you have when you have companies like Facebook, Twitter, Google, all of them saying no to net neutrality, and you have 
people who are usually critical of those companies saying, no, we don't want you guys to, you know, we don't want the you guys to uh, uh, let the Internet companies do what they wish. That's there is where you see the problem. It's like when you have two people that are generally at odds with each other on the same side, that's a, that's a clue. It's it's something and, and taken even the topic away. It's something my grandfather taught me a long time ago. If someone is trying to convince you of something that they will gain from, yeah. but you won't, it's a fucking griff, man. They're tricking you. Yeah. It's completely obvious. The the fucking marble's not under that cup. You need to pay attention and figure out what's going on. Yeah. And too many people in this country just don't give a fuck. Like they they're like, okay, the only ones who give a fuck about net neutrality, it seems mostly, are the younger crowd, the ones who don't vote. And, yeah. and the and the ones that that they care, but only when they're sitting around the dorm room talking about it. Right, right. They're not really doing anything about it. Yeah. You know, and I I know that um, people are giving me shit because I didn't go vote for the the local stuff here. Because honestly, I fucking I missed it. I didn't have the internet. I didn't even know it was coming up. Mm. Like I I didn't know what was going on. But uh, I know I'm gonna be in the fucking polls. Yeah. When that net neutrality stuff starts coming on, I think everybody needs to hit it because yeah. it's it's. It's gonna fuck everything up. Yeah, it's just like the SOPA thing. It'll fuck everything oh, yeah. up. Of course. Anytime the government's trying to get involved and 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 creating his title two is actually, it, it, while Ted Cruz likes to say it's it's Obamacare for the internet, it's not. What it's doing is it's keeping it as a commodity that everybody should have and regulates the price. Well, the thing is too, and it's true, the internet is is an unclassified thing. Yeah. Currently, it needs classification. It, does. it really does, and the Title II thing will classify it as something that it pretty much already is. Yeah. Is there a few downsides to the Title II thing? Probably, but it's nowhere near as bad as the alternative. Because think about think if you have AT and T, think of it this way: AT and T or Comcast, you ha- you have a plan that keeps you at let's say twenty five gigabytes per month. You go over those gigabytes, you have to pay an overage fee. They already have you on that. Now they're over there saying that they're going to want to go ahead and charge those providers that provide you the content that that, prov- that makes you go over your cap uh, more money to get it to you faster. But at the same time, you're stuck because you're going to end up, one, most likely they're going to charge you more to get that content faster while they're charging the, the person in the uh, on the other end, Netflix, let's say Facebook, to get their content faster. And at the same time, they're not going to improve their internet speed. They're going to even probably clamp down. Oh well, we have free reign to do whatever we want. They're probably going to increase your uh, increase your price and lower your caps because AT&T has always said they hate the unlimited internet. They hate that. Yeah, they, because they have to support it. Exactly, and they keep saying, "Oh well, we need to upgrade our infrastructure." To be honest, with uh, the amount of spectrum that most of these companies have provided, they can do it. They just don't want to. Yeah. And with the amount of people that because are doing... we're watching other smaller companies do it. Yeah. I mean, look so. at T-Mobile. T-Mobile fucking upgraded all their shit in a few years. Yeah. Um even Sprint. Sprint's been doing it yeah. slowly, but they've been doing it. Yeah, they got out of their that was at WinMax and went over to they finally went over to True LTE. But it kind of that kind of real quick, that kind of gives me gives me a thought. If 
that if what this Ted Cruz dude wants, I don't know what the alter the the anti net neutrality is called, right. um, and not Title Two, but what these assholes want. If that happens, using the internet is going to be like buying a cell phone. Yeah. Where if you 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 have to choose your provider, and then you you are limited by what that provider is providing for you, like a right. phone. Like some don't have phones. It's going to be fucking horrible. Yeah. I'm going to cry if that happens. I'm going to move if that happens. <laughs> fucking out oh man all right well uh now our random story of the week which is actually a bright side to what we've been talking about um black friday (laughs) yeah that's Uh, a bright side yeah uh well considering neither of us are working that particular that is a bright side (sighs) black friday is the time of year when i refuse to shop while it may sound a bit self-righteous to me, I, can, I can't I can see. This is yours, so why don't you read it? It's mine? Yeah, the special. Oh, it is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I just automatically assume because very seldom do you. It's like, oh, wait, this was... Well, you choose the randoms for the week, so obviously I'm very seldomly going to be in that slot. So, Dick. <laughs> self-serving fucking asshole. Uh, anyway, uh, Black Friday is a time of year when I <laughs> when I refuse to shop. I, I, it, just so you know, I concur with that statement. Yes. Uh, while it may sound a bit self-righteous of me, I can't see a reason to participate in the shopping event that causes people to work on a holiday that's sole purpose is family togetherness. Capitalism as it, at, at its finest, folks. Um, see, I... I th- this is funny, too. Is Steve and I do not like reading each other's stories. <laughs> and I, I really do think it's because we both have a different tone, so it's hard to read. Yeah. You know, you're like, fuck, where, uh, uh. <laughs> I like read my own shit. And my shit's usually shorter, so that's kind of nice, too, because <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> um, as I kick the soapbox to the side, I don't, wait, as I kick the soapbox to the side, I don't look down on those looking for a deal either. The struggle is real for all of us. And gamers need to save money where they can. Sony has a few PS4 bundle deals for Black Friday that may get you to brave the long lines and skip your American feast. Damn, I was real fucking eloquent. Yeah. I was uh, keeping it real that night. <laughs> um, for $399.99. Jeez, that's the biggest grift in American yeah. consumerism. Yeah. The, the no penny so it looks yeah. cheaper. Um, you can score a 500 gigabyte PS4 bundle with your choice of game. Um, you'll get either Grand Theft Auto V with a voucher to download The Last of Us Remastered or Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham and a voucher to download Little Big Planet 3. Sony is making a smart move here with these two bundles and handling their two major gamer groups. You can grab the first bundle if you're a more adult gaming house or the second bundle for the kids. If <laughs> you're fast enough, you may be able to get both bundles. You can then wonder why the rent isn't being paid that <laughs> month after you get home as well. Um, this this here is honestly Sony being Sony. Yeah. Sony always has the coolest fucking holiday deals. And, and they're slick about it too because it's not over the top. You know, It's not like fucking they're giving you the keys to the kingdom or anything. They're just right, giving right. you a download vulture to do a fucking game. They're not even giving you the game. You know, they're not losing any money on packaging or anything. Yeah. It's, it's, they're, they're getting, 
it's the holidays. This is like the, the consoles have only been out for a year. So they're saying, hey, why don't you get it? Get two games, you know, blah, blah, blah. And think about yeah. it too, especially for the, the GTA 5 and The Last of Us, two of their top selling games that were remastered that they're really pushing for people to play. And people already played them on the PS3 and, the, you know, and loved them. And Last of Us is a Sony exclusive. And uh, so it's like, boom, there you go. Yeah, the, the choice in games is so clever here. Yeah. You know, and and having Batman bundled with Little Big Planet Three. I mean, if you're you're buying a console for your kids, you're gonna gravitate to that. Yeah. You know, yeah. fifty bucks off is great Xbox, but I right. mean, this is this is more than fifty bucks off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, because you're getting over a hundred, hundred and twenty dollars off. Yeah, uh, for the game. So I mean, to me, it's just it's a it's a great deal, uh, and yeah, like Adam and I are big against you know, Black Friday, simply because of the fact that it goes in, it goes in contrast about being thankful for what you have, but skipping the dinner so you can get out to get what you want. Yeah, Black Friday is the exact opposite of what Thanksgiving is supposed to be about. Yeah, And and so to me, it's just simple. And then now where people just can't wait and have to go in on Thanksgiving Day, just is, is stupid to me. And, and there's, there's a small contingent of people that are actually pushing to, you know, and it and and I guarantee it's most yeah it is mostly people that have to work because and I said this in one of my pieces was next time when you go out on Thanksgiving Day and you're bitching at an employee at the store because they don't have what you want think about it for one second and realize that this guy gave up his Thanksgiving to listen to your ass bitch him out yeah most people don't care yeah I remember when I was when I was working at Walmart. I worked at Walmart, but, and Walmart, worst Black Fridays I've ever fucking seen. There's no organization. It's all fucked up. Um, some guy was screaming at the, uh, a buddy of mine, and he actually let slip. He goes, I could be, I could be at home with my family, but I'm, I'm here listening to you. And the guy immediately told him, I don't care about your chosen profession. This is your job. Do it. Yeah. I want to punch him in the fucking throat. Oh, seriously, yeah. It, it's just – it's it, – it's sick because if you've worked retail, and I've worked a lot of retail, I don't oh, know yeah. Steve has too, you see the worst in people on Black Friday. Oh yeah. It's 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 a weird it's a weird day that's in between the two holidays where you see the best out of people. Right. You and, know? and you know, people say like, Oh, Christmas sucks and, and you know, my brother will say that till his dying breath that working the holidays suck. You know what? It's it really the only difference is is because people are under pressure. You have to get your gifts, whether it be for Hanukkah or for Christmas, and they have a lot of shit to do. You have to magnify them. So yeah, there's a lot of people that are going to be like, oh, they don't have it. Shit. This is probably the fourth store they've been to. You don't know what's going on. Christmas is worse than Black Friday because it's like two weeks long yeah, of and, shopping. Yeah, and and it's and Christmas Eve, it's like it's there. That's it. They need to buy that. But my thing is, is Black Friday – is not about buying gifts for other people. It's for people being selfish to get shit for themselves. Exactly. You never hear somebody going, oh, I started my Christmas shopping on Black Friday. No. Which would be the smartest thing to do. Exactly. But no, you're buying it for yourself. And let's be honest. Those deals on Black Friday, with the exception of technology, are the only things that are really, really cheap on Black Friday. Yeah. Everything well, else, if, if you look, and I can attest to this. I've seen it happen. Uh, John has seen it happen. Is a lot of companies, and you know this might rattle some of you, but all, if not all these companies, most of these companies 
jack up their prices in the coming weeks leading up to Black Friday. 10, 15%, 20%, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then on Black Friday, give you, oh, they're 20% off just for Black Friday, which makes them the price they were back in September. Yep. And and most and I I've been in companies that did this and it's not illegal, it's not illegal, but it's the people that are stupid enough to think they're getting such a great deal. And when you look at it, and we've posted some articles on the website, or I have anyway, Walmart's Black Friday deals, Best Buys, and um and Targets, and and all all of it is pretty much technology and toys for the kids. But technology is really the only cheap thing you can really get on Black Friday. I only post a deal if I actually think it's a good deal, like this huh. Sony deal. Yeah. Like most of the deals are bullshit. Like people are going to claw at each other for 20 bucks off yeah. a Blu-ray player. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, but for me, some of the highlights that I posted was like, um, yeah, the Xbox One you're getting for $50 off, but you're also getting a $100, a $50 gift card and a cons and a extra controller and a game or uh, a Samsung Galaxy S5 for a dollar at Best Buy. Yeah. You know, or a penny at Target, you know, and, and gift card. And, and and there's not a lot. If you look at our uh, the selections that I pulled, there's not a lot. And the problem is, is that all of this stuff is timed to where, you, oh, yeah, if you get between six and seven on Thanksgiving Day, it's the, you know, you get these deals. And it's like, it's not worth it. To me, it's not worth it because in the end, when you get to that week of Christmas, shit gets cheaper than a motherfucker. You know when the best time to buy Christmas gifts is? December 26th. <laughs> right. That's, that's when the toys that are left over are fucking marked down. Yeah. Like they're like, we need to get this shit out of here. Yeah, you know, and, and the week of Christmas, you know, people go – they and this is the problem that stores have is they think, oh, yeah, we'll do a big Black Friday thing, and then it kicks off the business and everything. Like, no, because after Black Friday, I've worked in a free tail to know, like, that first, week, that first week of December or end of November, first week of December is dead. Like fucking graveyard dead. Yeah. I mean, I've worked Black Fridays too, where I'd be there early in the morning and people are just looking for the super deals. If you work outside of a big retail box, you ain't seen shit that day. Yeah. Um, I've worked at a mall and the last store that I worked at, this, you know, small little indie store, but people were going from Macy's to Target to Nordstrom's to, oh no, Nordstrom's wasn't open that early. They go to Sears and, you know, and they're running around to GameStop and Journeys and all that. And we didn't do shit. Midday when people start coming in because they left, they didn't want to come in for that rush, came in, we did some business. But then by the evening, we fucking died. Yeah. And then the rest of that weekend, you're just dead. You're just fucking sleeping in the back. Seriously. There's nothing going on. You know what? Um, GameStop, it's funny you mentioned that. They're one of the companies that's signed on to that we won't open on Thanksgiving bit. Uh, so I think if I do buy a video game, um, like when I when I go for um, – I usually buy stuff at Best Buy. Yeah. Uh, but when I go to um, my tax return, I'm buying video I think I'm going to hit up GameStop. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's not even it's – it's an insignificant gesture, which is for myself. You know what I mean? Like, they they were cool enough. Fuck yeah. it. And the people at GameStop don't get paid shit. Yeah. And that's the thing. And, and, you know, for me, you know, I posted this thing on my Facebook of companies that were Costco said, no, we believe Thanksgiving, should be, they should be with their families. You know, Costco, Nordstrom's, a lot of, uh, 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 and then a lot of smaller retailers. They're still big name, but, you know, smaller retails are saying, like, no, Black Friday's Black Friday, not Thursday. Yeah. Friday, and to be honest, it's cheaper for the stores to open on Black Friday. Oh yeah, I'm, 
because Best Buy opened at what was it last year at eight? Yeah. Now they opened I, at six. Yeah, they're opening at six. The funny thing is that year they're like, Adam, we're gonna have to have you come in at eight. I'm like, that's not happening. Yeah. And they go, why? And I said, I said because I have family to stay with on Thanksgiving. So a lot of people have families. I'm like, yeah, but I don't give a fuck about those people. <laughs> I give about oh me and yeah. my family. I'll be here tomorrow or I'll be here on Friday at eight o'clock in the morning. And they said, well, can you come in at six? No. That was the end of the fucking conversation. I came in at eight o'clock. I worked yeah. a twelve-hour shift, right. but I came in at eight o'clock. Yeah. And this year, you know, I'm not working that retail to the company that I'm going to be working for. Black Friday is just Friday. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, that that's that's our little thing for that. But are we still going to do our little deals thing for? Well. I didn't. I didn't think about a deals thing. I thought we or were just, just going to do like, like a oh, like, like a, a, a things to list. buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah on um, leading up to, I'll probably release it early Thanksgiving because we record two podcasts around. Wasn't it going to be like the same categories we have for the news and then yeah. three each? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a. I'm the one who came up with the fucking idea, and I'm sitting there going, "Wasn't it?" The- <laughs> uh, we're gonna do a second podcast next week, given that it is. Uh, Thanksgiving week, we were actually—I was originally going to take the weekend off, but Adam actually brought up a good idea that we're going to actually do a variation of a second podcast is going to be a variation of this, where it's going to be movie, TV, gaming, comics, technology, and we're going to give you suggestions on what to buy people that you know are cool, but also maybe a little unique, maybe something you didn't think about. Um, so we're going to have that for in a, in a smaller. Um, podcast we're going to listen on thanksgiving uh early thanksgiving so you guys can check it up and then maybe listen for that for that weekend you know there's another holiday next week steve which is Uh, not only more important than thanksgiving but oh is it national prostitute day no that would be more no but it's not next (laughs) week um it's my birthday next week Oh right! It's my thirtieth birthday. Your thirtieth birthday? No, I don't really. I honestly could give a. Thirty is going to feel like twenty nine. I've I've had children for too long, so I, I don't care that I'm changing thirty. But thirty was I, a big deal to me. I'm never going. I never do anything for my birthday or since I was like twenty one. I I usually forget, unless people are reminding me, which is what's going on now, because it's my thirtieth birthday. So everybody's fucking talking about it. Um, I'm going to the pub. Yeah. And I told my wife, I'm going to the pub. And she's like, oh, who are you going with? I don't know. <laughs> if no one wants to go with me, that's fine. I'm going to the fucking Fibber McGee's down the street. I'm going to sit at the bar, and I'm just going to slam beers. Just having a good old time. By myself, that's fine, too. Yeah. I'm Irish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Slamming beers, having a good old time, that'll take weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, it's also my wife's birthday on the 26th. Mm. Uh, our birthdays are relatively – it's also my sister's birthday on the 28th, and I don't really care about that. Yours is the 27th, um, right? Mine's twenty ninth. Twenty ninth. That's right. So it's actually on Saturday. Ah. Uh, so. So yeah. Oh, yeah. So Saturday. Yeah. So. I'm out to fucking <laughs> dope. Oh, fuck. I'm telling you that because my birthday's usually on fucking like Wednesday. Right. Stupid shit, you know. But yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, we're good to go. All right. Well, that is it for this <laughs> well extended edition of the Lazy Geeks podcast. Remember, we're thinking so you don't have to. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. Peace out. Swear to me.
This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com.